Well, let me welcome back Kevin Luco here to Systematically Wild. And Kevin, we're, we're going to start out with the Iowa Wild be, uh, because that has been on a roll since we started making, mentioning them first. But I think we do have to say Iowa Heartlanders finally grab a victory out on the road. So we'll come back to that a little bit. But first, your initial thoughts of the got that monkey out their back. No doubt about it. I'm, yeah, I go on their, uh, one of their fan Facebook pages and it, it seemed like there was almost a, like a sense of relief that when they finally got the road win in Wheeling on Friday night. Okay, so we're going to begin with the Iowa Wild here. Uh, last week when we were on the show, they'd had that, um, Martin Luther, or they had a, an early afternoon game, uh, of that, for the uh, against Texas that wound up losing in overtime, five to four. I guess it was an early evening. I should say, wound up losing in overtime. At the time we were on the show, I think they were winning four to two. Texas had battled back to to tie that score up and then sending the game to overtime. So they wound up getting the overtime a loss. Then head to on stay in Texas on Wednesday. Have a huge five three victory there, Kevin. Then split, uh, losing both games in Rockford in overtime. Keep though their fourteen game point streak alive. This is a club right now that really just you always feel like they're in games. Uh, that they are. Yeah. It was, you know, I watched a chunk of uh, both games in Rockford. I mean, two very entertaining hockey games. Um, just seems like those two, two teams are so evenly matched, and it just goes to show you with uh, how many of their matchups end up in overtime, just how evenly they're matched. But it seemed to me like um, to other people I talked to that in the wild were just a little bit on the tired side on I noticed it a lot on Friday night, but even a little bit on Saturday. So I think those all-star breaks probably coming right about the right time because that was a grueling four games and six-day trip. The all-star game for the AHL going on right now as Kevin and I are recording our show here. Uh, going back on Wednesday night, though, 5-3 victory in Texas. This is a game where we thought might be the, where the, the streak can, came to an end. But start out with three goals. Uh, Nick uh, Petten winds up getting two of those early on in the contest. Sam Henkes, or Henches, Henches, I think it is, um, gets his first goal uh, in the AHL. It was just one of those performances where – We've talked a lot about um, getting scoring from a, a lot of different guys. Petten eventually winds up getting a hat trick in that contest. And, it, and it's one of those games you just feel like, man, they're, they're getting scoring across the board, plus when they have a guy who's hot right now in Petten, and they wind up coming away with a huge victory. Well, just so you don't get hammered too bad on social, it's pronounced Patan. But, Patan, I knew I, I, knew um, I was saying that wrong. My apologies, Nick. But, but Dan, a veteran in this league, and, you know, how many times have I talked about that if Iowa is going to go anywhere, it's going to have to be the guys that have experience on the AHL level that are going to have to step up and be the leaders as the season's gone on. And, you know, Patan just seems to be the guy that submerges that guy. Yeah, so first career hat trick for him professionally. That, that's fantastic. Michael Leary has two assists in the contest for them. Sammy Walker had a goal and an assist for them. Uh, Jesper Wallstead did not get really tested in this contest. Still, at that point, had earned his seventh straight victory. And uh, 
they're just continuing to find ways to win out there. Friday night, they head for for Rockford, wind up losing this game in, in overtime 3-2, to two, or excuse me, in a shootout 3-2. to two. Um, They Nick Sweeney has two goals in that contest. Again, a, a guy that you're, you're requiring, he, he's somebody who's got to step up and get points for them, and he's having a big, you know, big stretch for them right now as they're looking for those guys to keep the streak going. Yeah, it was definitely good to see um, Sweeney have a big game. You know, he's still a pretty young guy in this lineup, too. And as we mentioned earlier, Sam Henches has been battling injuries all year, but then he gets his first uh, professional goal early in the week, too. So I got to imagine that bodes well for the Wild um, as we move on to the season that the younger guys are also making an impact. Zane McIntyre with 35 saves in that game, um, suffering the shootout loss. On Saturday, a 3-2 to two overtime loss. Uh, both these games, Iowa had one goal leads in both contests, only to see Rockford come back to, to tie the game each time. Power play goals by Nick Sweeney got the game going on, on a Saturday night. Um, then they get a shorthanded goal. Sammy Walker gets his 21st, 21st goal of the season. That's just crazy. To give Iowa the lead, uh, then Brett Sini comes up with a power play goal at 11:37. That forced overtime where Bobby Lynch gets the game winner. Ballstead kept his unbeaten streak alive as he but took the loss, his first loss of any kind in his last eight decisions. Um, Rockford is a team that they have dominated much of this year, six and one coming into this game. They wind up losing both of these games and but come away with points. And I think right now that's your most important factor you're looking at. Very good performances on Friday by Zane McIntyre and Walt Volstead on Saturday night to help gain a point in each of those games. I thought the Saturday night game was uh, pretty interesting on the Sammy Walker's goal. Um, replay showed that it was offside, and I think if it was a NHL setup with the replay, that that call would have been reversed. But Chicago's power play goal was on a probably a 50-50 call on, I believe it was Hench's, um pulls his hand on the puck. So maybe, and then Chicago's overtime goal, I, a lot of us believe that, you know, there was an up pick that could have been called as an interference penalty that ended up leading to the game-winning goal. So, you know, a lot of little things within the game in that game. So, but, you know, you take the point and you move on. Exactly right. So the club here at the All-Star break uh, f- finds themselves in third place in the division. They are at 20, 22-14-9. Uh, that is 53 points, one point ahead of Rockford, who gained a couple of points in the standings by coming away with victories in both of those contests. You pulled two points away from Milwaukee, all of a sudden four points behind Texas, uh, earning those, uh, that victory on Wednesday, Kevin. You know, I, I think a couple of weeks ago, we thought Texas might have been a little out of reach, but I, I think they're right in right in the sights right now if this club can keep the streak going. No doubt. We thought Texas was um, getting ready to pull away from everybody, and now, like you said, that, you know, everyone's got Texas in their sights, but, boy, you know, that division on any weekend it can be shaken up by by two or three positions in the standings. So. It's going to be an interesting one to follow as we get down the final stretch of the season here. 
Yeah, only eight points separates the first through the fifth team in this division, and that that's pretty remarkable. You know, forty-five games, forty-four games into the season, to have that close proximity to one another. So, uh, as Kevin said, it's it's exciting every night because uh, you know a, a weekend where you have a bad weekend, and all of a sudden you're two positions down in the standings. Have a good weekend, you could be near the top. So, should be exciting coming up. The Iowa Wild will be off until Friday and Saturday. They travel Friday to Chicago, take on the Wolves. Chicago comes back to town on uh, Saturday to take them on. Um, this is the, the bottom dweller in the division right now, Kevin, but Chicago, we saw last season, was very good. And, and you, you, you know, this Wolves team has unfortunately you know, had to, to had some call-ups there to the NHL club, but uh, this is a team that you, you can't go lightly on. They'll, they'll, they'll bite you if they have the opportunity. Yeah, you know, as we talked about, the Wolves can be the dangerous teams, too, when they don't really have, um, don't have anything to be nervous about. They can just go out there and play. So, you know, that's a neat thing about this league. And, you know, that helps get the guys ready for the next level, too, I believe, because every night you're playing a quality team and you're, you know, you're going to have to go on and earn a win. Absolutely. Uh, just to give a little update, is uh, you'll probably have this already in there by the time that this is aired. But uh, the Central not doing very well uh, here in the in the All Star game. They lost two of the shootouts and are losing two to one to the Pacific Division right now. So they, they I don't think they're going to be advancing on to the All Star Game Championship by the way the things are going. Well, let's bounce we'll down now, Kevin. Now. Exactly, that's what I'm talking about too. That's that's where put some blame right there. Uh, let's talk about the Iowa Heartlanders now, Kevin. So, head to Wheeling, had not won on the road this season, come out with a huge 2-1 to victory on Friday night, then just blow out Wheeling on Saturday 7-2 to before falling to Fort Wayne in uh, Indiana on Sunday. But, man, two wins on the road in a row. I mean, man, that's, that's a big cause for celebration, I think. Well, I think it's a big thing for the team and for morale, too, that, you know, they got that monkey off the back, you know. I'm sure there's plenty of games where they've played well and haven't been rewarded but to get a close win like they did on Friday and then um, get a one where they just cruised on Saturday night. I, you know, I've got to do a lot for morale. Granted, they lost the third game on Sunday, but, boy, you know, it's tough to win a third game in a three-and-three-day set, so you can forgive them for that, especially considering the travel. But... You know, you hope that maybe this um, can be momentum for them to play some good hockey down as we head down to the end of the season. Well, that was, that was just a, a much-needed win, as, as Kevin talking about. And, and then you built on it. You know, you didn't sit on your laurels after that, too. You went out and won the other game. Hunter Jones was first of all talking about Friday night. 25 saves for him. We were talking last week about he looks like he's getting better when he's given the opportunity to just play as much as they can use him. They used him both on Friday and Saturday, gave up three total goals in both of uh, combining those contests. Uh, it looks like th they're finally kind of reaping the rewards of what they expected Jones to be. You know, it's a good sign. If he has a good end to his season, you know, maybe Minnesota feels a little better about next year going into a timeshare down in Iowa with Volstead and Jones rotating down there, you know, two 
two young and upcoming goalies. You know, Zay McIntyre obviously has been a great veteran presence, but they invested a second-round pick in Jones. I can't imagine they'd want him spending yet another full year at the ECHL level. So, you know, this has got to be a good sign that they are seeing positive re- results from him right now. So I thought it was odd like that they went out and traded a, they traded a forward for another goalie. That didn't that move didn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, I'm not really sure about that either because they've had uh, Kozlowski and um, uh, Trevin, oh, Kozlowski and Kapersky down here, and so I, I'm not really sure why they made another move unless they're expecting one of those guys to not be available to them here coming up. Um, not really well, sure about Kozlowski has moved on. Yeah, so I think I'm not sure if Kaspersky is is hurt or battling with something right now. We'll have to try to see if we can find out what's going on with that. I liked Kevin in that game on Friday night, though. They, they fall behind one nothing, then tie the game on a power play goal by Carson Denomi, and then uh, Yuki Miura comes up with the goal early in the second period. They had to hang on to that victory for 37 minutes, and that's something that they have not really been able to do through the first, 40 games of this year is that third period always seemed like something went against them. I think it said a lot, not only come away with a victory, but being able to hang on to a lead like that. I think so. And, you know, I didn't see the game personally, but I don't know if they went into a, I'd like to think they didn't go into like a 38 minute um, penalty kill, but I'm sure, I'm sure they tried to add on because we just don't sit on that, especially the way the season's gone. But, you know, kudos to them for getting the job done. On Saturday night, two goals in the first period. First, Bo Hansen scores 250 into the contest. Brendan Robbins adds his first goal of the game at 14.01. And kind of an ironic little situation. They score in the second minute of the second period as well as uh, Carson Denomi scores to make it 3 nothing. And then in the 14 minute of the period, Alec Brotzman comes up with a goal to make it four nothing. Four nothing. This team was already jumping out in front of Wheeling, and you know, I'm, and this wasn't even a game where you're just looking at it and going, "Well, you know, they're, they're playing better." They they were really putting it to Wheeling. I, I think the Nailers were looking at this, going, "Man, I don't know what club came out here, but we have no answers for them." And I know Wheeling has been struggling as of late, from what I've heard. So I got to imagine they may have hit a low point in getting it handed to them on home ice by a 7-2 score. Hunter Jones with 35 saves in the game. Fantastic performance. That's a single-game high for this season. Um, Jones really, again, you and I have talked about that, but really doing the the job for this club so far. Uh, On Sunday, they wind up losing 5-2 I'm going to say five to two, but yeah, it was five to two. Five to two in Fort Wayne, as Kevin mentioned, Dorian Hansen, who had been uh, acquired by the club, got the start. I, I thought he played, you know, fairly well for the team. Uh, they did not get the same performance that they had had in Wheeling. This is a, a Fort Wayne club that is desperate to try to get points, trying to get themselves into a uh, a stronger playoff position, trying to hold off Wheeling. And they just were the better team on this day. So, no, you know, no, nothing to look down on here. I I thought. You know, you just got to, you got outplayed a little bit by a, a club that's a little more veteran presence and and uh, just a little more talented. So, um, Heartlanders two two and one on the road this weekend, Kevin. You got to like that outing that that weekend. You know, it's progress, and you just hope that they can carry the momentum. And you know, there could be some more players coming in. Who knows? Um, 
big news coming out of the Southern Professional Hockey League where yesterday the Vermilion County Bobcats were supposed to host the Quad City Storm. Well, warm-ups came, came and went, no Bobcats on the ice. So they, the Storm came back on the ice to start the game. They went as far as to even like have the national anthem. Drop the puck. No Bobcats team. And after that, the game was declared a forfeit. And all the, the talk is, I was 99% sure that the team is folding. I know there's been a couple players from Vermillion County that the Iowa has taken on. And you just kind of wonder what's going to become of this team now. It sounds like it was uh, financial problems that just led to players not getting paid and owners. It sounds like the, everyone's just kind of splitting town right now. All the staff has been let go. You, their Twitter account hasn't been updated since July. They, mysteriously enough, um, uh, deactivated their Facebook account. So there's a lot of questions right now as to what's going on with their organization. But who knows? Maybe there could be a body or two there that could help out the Heartlanders. Yeah, what's interesting about that, too, is you, ha you have to feel like you're not going through all the motions of, you know, the national anthem and dropping the puck unless there's actually a team sitting in that locker room. I mean, you have to know if nobody's there, you're clearly not going through all of this, this trouble at that point. So the, if the team has got to be sitting there and just like, hey, until we've got a money paid or whatever, we're not going out on the ice. We're sitting right here in this locker room. Um, now, maybe I'm wrong about that, but that would seem to be the scenario, I would think. Yes, there were no players for Vermillion County there. It's just by the league rules. The, by the league rules, Quad City had to appear on the ice to start the game before they could uh, declare it a forfeit. And in a really nice touch, the promotion that game was a post-game skate. And Quad City's players stuck around and skated with uh, Vermillion County's fans as they came out on the ice. So I thought that was a nice gesture by the Storm. That's pretty impressive. You got to like that. All right, Kevin, well, let's jump up to the big club now. Oh, wait a minute. Before I say that here, let's uh, quickly wrap up. So Iowa Heartlanders, 9-23 and 10 right now. Still in last place, 11 points behind Kalamazoo for that final playoff spot, or final uh, move up into sixth place, I should say. is That's the word I'm trying to get out. For sixth place in the division. Uh, as we head into this week right here, let me get this back up here. I need, I'm coming. That's what I was looking for. So this week, uh, Indy coming to town again on Wednesday, a club that they played quite a bit over the last couple of weeks here. Then they travel to Indy on Friday, Saturday traveling to Toledo, uh, always a difficult building to play in. Um, so two, two clubs here that are, are playing very well in this division. You have Indy at the top record at 29-14-2, at Toledo at 24-15-6 and six is in third place in the division. Not easy games by any stretch of the imagination. Indy has already played uh, Iowa very tough over the last few weeks, but um, I, I think if you're the Heartlanders, you have a sort of a new sense of hope right now after how well you played in Wheeling. No doubt, and I'm sure uh, they probably want to 
show the home fans in person um, that they are improving. So I think this will be a great opportunity for them to do exactly that. We will move on to the big club, the Minnesota Wild, 27-17-4, and four, third place in the Central Division. All-Star game week, Kevin. So uh, the team was off uh, all of this week here, kind of preparing as we were moving into the All-Star thing here. I think we did have what? No. So we had a uh, – uh, we're going to have a game What today. Uh, they're playing Arizona at, um, here in, in Arizona. Um, so two games on the road with Arizona and Dallas on Wednesday, then tra- traveling home to take on uh, Vegas on Thursday, New Jersey on Saturday. All-star game time, Kevin, uh, kind of like sort of the mythical halfway point of the season. Your thoughts on where the Minnesota Wild are at at this halfway point? Well, I think there's reason for optimism. I believe they did play well going into the break. And then there's some reason for pessimism because it's still not the team that we saw last year. So I guess I think weeks like this week where you're playing, I believe, Dallas, Vegas, and New Jersey are all solidly playoff teams. I think we'll we'll know a lot about this um, wild team in the next um, seven days here. Granted, the game that's going on tonight as we're recording this um, is going to be the proverbial um, scrape off the rust um, game. As And I thought this was a nice touch. 18 of the players all went to Cabo for the break. You know, a lot of times you get teams where this break will come up and everybody just kind of scatters all across the country, but I think it goes to show you how tight this team is that 18 of the guys all went to get, went on vacation together. So you got to imagine um, without, of course, ever getting a chance to be in it, that it's a pretty tight locker room. So you got to like that aspect of it. So it'll be interesting to see what um, this week brings. And like I said, we'll know a lot more about what direction this team's going in by the time we record next week. You know, a point you make about when a team goes out on the road for an extended trip, you know, six or eight days that they're, that they're gone, is it's an opportunity to bond with one another. And, you know, you're a couple of months away from playoff time where your chemistry has to be off the charts with one another. I mean, you, you have to be at a point where you absolutely, you're out on the ice, you know where everybody's at before they're even, you know, thinking about that they're moving to that spot. And, when you have that kind of cohesiveness where you're really starting to like each other, you want to hang out with each other, I think that that becomes a difference come playoff time. And for a team that has disappointed and not really lived up to expectations when it's gotten into the postseason, maybe that's a key element that you look at that takes them to another level. I don't think it hurts. Uh, And, you know, that's something that the – the coaches can't teach you to like your teammate. They can tell you to tolerate them, but they can't teach you to like them enough, especially enough to go on vacation with them. So that's just something I believe Minnesota's fortunate to have right now. And I think it says a lot, too, about the leadership of the team with um, Captain Jared Spurgeon and then the, the alternate captains, um, Marcus Foligno and Matt Dumba. So you got to wonder... Will we have Dumber around here? Um, that'll be much longer. 
Well, looking around in this division, uh, you're you're eight points behind Dallas. Yeah, you have an opportunity to try to get two of those points. You know, if you're if you're really thinking this could be the team that reaches to the top of the division, you have an opportunity on Thursday when or Wednesday when you take on the Stars. But then you're behind you, Colorado at 57 points, Nashville at 54, and you can't even really guarantee that you're going to get four spots from this division right now because over there in the Pacific, oh, they got four teams at 60 points and Calgary at 57. So um, very difficult Western Conference this year, Kevin, and uh, you know it, it might take a 98 points or something to grab one of those 98, maybe even 100 to get one of those eight spots. I think you almost have to be expecting to get 100 points to get a playoff spot. And I think it goes to show, too, that, you know, you get up for games within your division. But I think just the way with the, the standings are setting up, you got to get just as much up to play against uh, Los Angeles, a San Jose, a, a Las Vegas, uh, and a Calgary. Because and even in Edmonton, because not only are you battling your own division, if you're if you end up dropping to that wild card, you got a lot of competition there too. And they might be hitting Vegas at the right time, as they've lost, uh, you know, two six and two in their last ten. They're struggling a little bit. You got Arizona at three six and one in their last ten. Dallas four two and four. I mean, that's solid, but not not great. Uh, and then you got New Jersey right now. They are. Where are they at in their last 10? So they're 8-1-1. One, and one. That's, that's your toughest team this week in terms of how well teams are playing at this particular point. So this is an opportunity to try to get a little, you know, make some headway if you're really looking for it. And I think when you got a team down, you really got to do something against them. So um, should be exciting out here, Kevin. And I, I, I think i gotta, I got to say is, is that I, I don't think there's anybody who disagree with the fact of your, your success in the playoffs is, is going to go almost – a lot on how well your goaltending is going to be. And, I, and I, I think a lot of people are going to be wondering, by what you've seen so far, is the goaltending the Minnesota Wild have right now? Do, do you feel confident that these two guys, one of these two guys, can lead this club to a to a cup title? I feel very confident, and I don't even think it's got to be one of the two guys. I think it can be both of them. Granted, um, you may defer to the veteran come playoff time, but I... I feel just as comfortable with Gustafson in the net as I do with Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, I'm with you. He's been a pleasant surprise to me. I mean, if you want to talk about a story, there's this club where you're kind of, you know, scratching your head and go, "Man, that was really, man, what a, what a." I didn't expect that at all. Gustafson, I think, is the guy you're talking about this year. Yeah, well, when they talked to manager Bill Guerin too, he said the same thing that the biggest surprise this year has been. Well, he's gotten all the Phil Gustafson. Liking it a lot. Well, Kevin, uh, we are out of the All-Star break uh, down the stretch here. So what, 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 what's our topic for tonight that you're going to give us heading out of the show? Um, I'm going to go two-prong on this. I'm going to get this off my chest one, and then we'll, we'll do a happy one to send us out. Whoever listens to this show, if you ever have any feedback for us, please know that we will, one, we'll appreciate it, two, respect it, 
and three of you wish, we will definitely um, have a line of communication with you because we appreciate anyone that does take time to listen to our show. It's Granted, it's new, and there's a ton of wild-related um, podcasts out there that we know that you could listen to also, but please know we truly appreciate you listening in. That being said, with no games going on this week, um, Jesse Pierce, who I – she covers the Minnesota Wild for wild.com and nhl.com. She's just a real delightful person. She's very engaging on Twitter. If you interact with her, she will see your tweets. She will interact with you. Just fabulous gal. She went on a uh, – I guess you'd call it a podcast on YouTube, and I don't know. I'm not going to even acknowledge who these people were, but, you know, it was more like a national show, and I thought, you know, you know, give Jesse some support. I'll go on there and listen. And they just, they talked about Marco Rossi in there, and anyone that um, watched the Iowa Wild games over the week uh, found out that, that we found out that um, the preferred pronunciation for Marco Rossi is indeed Marco Rossi. So, so in the chat version on the YouTube podcast, I made note on there. I said, yeah, we found out that um, Rossi now prefers to be referred to as Rossi. So the guy read the comment and just like, yeah, whatever. And they, Rossi, why, why, just completely dismissed it, and, you know, the three guys laughed about it. And I just said, well, I guess there's a reason nobody's chatting on here. Bye-bye. Just thought that was just very rude, very dismissive, and very disrespectful. So, like I said, anyone that um, has any interaction with us, um, please note that your comments are welcome. We appreciate the engagement, and we appreciate you taking your time to listen to our show. Secondly, rumors are coming out that the very popular Green Reverse Retros are going to be part of a regular rotation for Minnesota at this point going forward. I don't know what that means for this year, but I'm guessing next year maybe the green North Star style jerseys are going to be considered like an alternative jersey and I have to say I'm very excited about it as someone that grew up as a North Stars guy I just love watching seeing the green on the ice granted growing up the green was the road jersey but I just it just brings back so many memories um seeing the green jerseys of watching the North Stars on TV as a kid so I'm very excited that it's just not going to be a eight game and done thing so there's my two thoughts for the week Rob Liking those a lot. Kevin, thanks for joining me this week. My pleasure as always.